In the words of Eric Ames, test, test, testing Rocky Mountain oysters is testes. <laughs> what? I don't even remember <laughs> saying that. And for some reason, you do. Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. We finally had the creative energy and I think the topics saved up for another episode. Yes, ma'am. You mentioned it a few days ago and then I mentioned it this morning. I was like, I think we should do a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And now that we're here, I'm like, I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm just like... Out of practice? How do we... Yeah, how do we do this? Right. Well, before we dive into the main topics, I wanted to do a little positivity box mm. of randomness because I feel like sometimes we'll wait till the end of the podcast episode to do our little like, these are some things that are making us happy or bringing us joy and who knows who is still tuned in at that point. <laughs> so let's yeah. do that now really quickly. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm allowed to talk about my underwear as long as it's not for <laughs> 10 minutes. In great detail. Yes. So I will tell my underwear story very, very quickly. So I have been wearing athletic boxer briefs. So I know a lot of our, I know like a huge majority of our listeners are female. Um, but for the men listening, for the females with men in their lives, you may understand my struggle. I've always worn athletic boxer briefs and i always get annoyed that they ride up like under my shorts or pants and i have to like pull them down right and it's just always bothered me and for some reason yesterday i was like briefs briefs exist also known as honey tidy whities tidy whities or some people say whitey tidies <laughs> do they which i don't get but i always know them as tidy whities and i was like briefs exist so we went to target and i bought some athletic briefs and i put them on and my brain just like clicked i was like yes this is revolutionary in my life no more boxer shorts riding up my leg and wow. causing extreme annoyance i'm so happy for you <laughs> it's like it's just one of those things i just want the people listening to know there are other options out there <laughs> it's like i don't know why my brain wouldn't let me like remember that there because, are other kinds of underwear i could be trying tidy whities are a meme at this point they are yeah they're not even white mm -hmm. they're a brand called pair of thieves which are sold at target and i don't know they're like cool mesh right uh, hyper athletic awesome man fabric Right, man fabric. <laughs> yeah, this is how Eric works. He just gets a random idea and he has to see it through to completion. Like yesterday he went from deciding that he needed to buy some briefs and he, he just had to go out and buy them immediately. Mm -hmm. So he went on a little target run yesterday. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I also did something else like that yesterday, but I want you to give another positivity box first and then I'll go again. Mine would have to be the espresso machine. We finally got an espresso machine. It was my sole Black Friday purchase. I'm very proud of myself. I feel that I have definitely been, as soon as I started making my own money, we've talked about this in our money episode like a year ago at this point. Mm -hmm. That was a good episode. 40 episodes ago. Yeah. I would like to do an updated one too because I feel like my relationship with money and work has evolved a lot since then for the better. But anyway, as soon as I started making money, like in college, out of college, I, w I was like such a slave to sales mm -hmm. and I would just buy things because they were on sale because I grew up just not having a lot of money or being able to buy the things I wanted. And I feel like the past two years, I finally kind of dropped out of that ultra consumer mind space and I feel much happier, but I have wanted a an espresso machine for years. I kept acquiring different coffee gadgets and accessories trying to like approximate the experience of making a latte or making espresso at home like we had the mocha pot and the aeropress and i was like at this point i just i'll buy the espresso machine i didn't buy a super expensive one we already had like a nice grinder that i had gotten for working with a a, a kitchen appliance brand a few years ago but we've used it every day multiple times a day i feel like we i don't know if you like 
uh, assigned like five dollars say it costs like five or more dollars to get a nice latte at a coffee shop because they charge for you know syrups and alternative milks i mean i don't even know how much we would have spent if we purchased an equivalent number of lattes at a cafe as we've already made over the past few weeks yeah i mean we're probably like halfway halfway to the cost of the espresso machine (laughs) you're like halfway to it being yeah equaled out yeah yeah i love it it's like great grounding piece of my morning routine now and it's nice to have something that allows my brain to kind of uh like the wheels are turning you know because Mm -hmm. if you're like really into coffee there's so many things to perfect in your technique uh, which I won't get into here because mm-hmm. no one really cares. <laughs> but yeah, that has been my thing that has been, uh, it's been my crowning glory For the as record, of late. I'm sure people do care. Some people surely yeah. love coffee, but I know yes, what you mean. Yes, many people love coffee. I've There are entire like TikTok communities, like <laughs> coffee talk, you know? Yeah. People just pouring shots every day or making cool barista drinks. Latte art. Yeah, I'm into it. My other positivity box is another thing I kind of did on a whim. But I've been needing to get my guitars set up because this whole episode, I feel like all of our episodes are going to be about music, but this episode specifically. Um, So as we kind of start recording more and more, my guitars are just, they're just not in great shape. They don't stay in tune. Their playability has suffered over just I just not keeping them maintained. Well, I feel, I didn't even know this until recently and I've played guitar you know kind of casually my whole life there are a lot of adjustments you need to make so that the instrument stays in tune it's kind of like you have to pay somebody to come tune your piano and it Mm -hmm. takes hours right yeah um guitar i guess probably any instrument needs the same amount of maintenance yeah yeah i mean for you non-guitar players basically like when you tune all six strings right you just like pluck them open and you tune them if your guitar is not well maintained when you play a note on a tuned string higher up on the fretboard Hmm. it's not in tune math yeah so as you go (laughs) higher up the fretboard and play higher notes it's it's less and less in tune and there are ways to maintain that i've always gone to pay someone to set up my guitar and they have all the know-how about all the, the things you need to all the knobs you need to turn and just little things to keep it in tune and whatnot and i was looking for a place here where we live because i haven't gotten them set up here And I was like, I should just learn how to do it myself because like a guitar setup is like 50 bucks and we have like seven guitars. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just like, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. So I did a whole bunch of research yesterday. Like it's been in the back of my mind, but yesterday I was kind of like, let's just, let's just look it up. So I watched some YouTube videos and put in like a huge order with like all the different tools I need. It wasn't a huge order. It was like 60 bucks, which is the cost of one setup basically. And I'm like, I could spend 60 bucks and never have to bring my guitar in again and just learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. So all my stuff's getting here tomorrow. And I'm just really excited to like do it for the first time. I'm not usually a handy person. No. I don't change my own oil. I don't, I don't know. I'm not that kind of guy usually. So mm-hmm. I'm like this, I got to learn to fucking take care of for you and me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to do it myself musician life skills Mm -hmm. all right anything else we want to talk about i don't think so i mean there are a couple of other little i I wrote happy notes on my (laughs) notes just random positivity box things happy notes i don't want to go into it too far but eric has been enjoying the jurassic park series of audiobooks um also we have been enjoying some trash television lately Mm -hmm. i feel like we've been very tuned into work we've been really productive in a way that is not like all consuming for once. Like we found this perfect balance of working and relaxation and restoration. So um, at the end of the day, we've been enjoying this trash dating show called Are You the One? It's actually funny because we've watched two full seasons now and now Mm -hmm. we started a third season. And the second one we watched felt like trash reality. Whereas the first one didn't feel as much because the people were better mm-hmm. at being people yeah it really does depend on the cast yeah. I, I you know i'm laughing it, it is like trash reality but i feel like if you are used to thinking of things th- through the lens of 
psychology and mental health it's actually really fascinating to see sometimes yeah and it makes me because a lot of the contestants there's 20 contestants 10 men 10 women right Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are most of them are like early 20s they're all like 22 26 yeah yeah and it just reminds me i don't know they're so turbulent and the women have a lot of the women, not all of them, obviously, have such low self-esteem and you mm-hmm. see them just getting caught up in these relationships that are so toxic and they keep saying, I'm not going to deal with this. You can't talk to me like that. And then the next day, they're like sleeping with the person again. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of like my younger self who had not developed any self-esteem and how I would, I'm so glad, I don't know, like everyone's afraid of getting older, women especially, but I feel like I just keep growing in my self-worth and confidence and intelligence, and I do not envy these women. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a learning experience. But And then there are the men that they're like all huge and jacked for the most part, <laughs> and yeah. they're all like, oh, I don't care about her. Like, she's just a bitch. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, absolutely don't say that. And then they're like trying to like hook up with everyone in the house and then like but, but like, yeah. but you can like tell deep down they're like really attached to one person and like upset when they do very fragile egos. Mm-hmm. I just it's crazy. And yeah. you hear like they'll do little confessionals where they're just talking to the camera, kind of explaining their experience of a situation. And it's like you'll hear them say one thing, and it's so clear that they don't believe it. it, and yeah. or like that they're totally oblivious. She's like, I don't really care about him. He can't get to me. I know my worth. I just it's insane yeah it's it's really fascinating (laughs) it is yeah so I I think I think just the way we watch it it's like a little bit more than just trashy tv though I I will also say I'm sure a lot of these people are are like turning up the intensity factor on all of their emotions a because they're on tv and they're trying to win a million dollars yeah and b because they know they're on tv Mm. so like subconsciously they're like oh I'm on tv and it it's probably nerve-wracking and whatnot. Yeah. And then on a conscious level, they're also thinking about the fact that they're on TV mm-hmm. and want to like... Ham. Yeah, they want to Some like... of them, I think, are aware of that. Some of them, I really think, are genuinely swept up in their emotions. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that's been our like... De- I don't know. Um, what's the word? Decompressing thing yeah. at night. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. Should we segue into one of two main topics of the episode? Yeah. Do you want to go pee first? No. Okay. <laughs> Sarah mentioned at the beginning, she was like, we might have to pause. I might have to go pee. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, of my uh, espresso obsession. I pulled a, another shot. I made like a tiny, I guess like a cortado is what it would be called. Mm. A little decaf cortado heading into this. <laughs> and I've been chugging water because I have been drinking so much coffee. The solution to pollution is dilution. Mm-hmm. The p- the Salutskis to Palutskis is Dilutskis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where, what do you want to, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with a wor- a mini work conversation? Yes. Okay. I feel like nobody is as intimately familiar with my ongoing struggles with my work as the podcast listeners, because mm-hmm. they have been kept abreast of basically every. I don't know, every little struggle I've dealt with, every time I've tried to make a pivot and failed, every time I've tried to make like a goal and uh, haven't lived up to it because it was the wrong goal usually. But we have finally established a way of doing my work as a food blogger that feels fun and not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I was very kind of afraid heading into the holiday season this year that I was headed for um, sad town again because <laughs> I deal with seasonal depression just because of the weather usually and then the holidays are just a very busy time for I think people everywhere <laughs> but if if you're working in the food blogger space especially those companies want to use you to sell things to people and everyone's looking for holiday recipes, so there's a lot of opportunity for ad revenue if you drive traffic to your blog and your YouTube and whatever. And last year, 
I just way overcommitted and was miserably depressed. And I, my as a result, like my body was just in terrible condition too because I was so stressed. And um, I don't find myself in that situation this year. And I'm very happy. This year you kind of just said, fuck that. And you're like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. force myself to do like, okay, I need to do eight Christmas recipes, you know, by yeah. the week before. You're just like, I'm just going to continue doing whatever I want mm-hmm. because the emotional payoff is more worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've also, as you guys have known, or as you guys know, we've kind not constantly, but we've over time been trying to find a way to fit me into the process. And we have sometimes to some degree, but right. we've never been able to keep it consistent. And I think just as we grow individually and as a couple we've kind of learned the best way for me to get involved Mm -hmm. and i don't know how much do you want to like divulge into so that i think there's so many pieces of this conversation i'm trying to think of what could be like useful to other people Mm. but here's here's the thing i think that if you as a couple, for example, are trying to commit to something that neither one of you really wants to do. Like, yeah, you might be able to use your joint energy to like push through it, but it won't be fun or satisfying. Like maybe it'll be satisfying on the other end of it that you did it. But I think that was our situation. We, the reason we wanted to get Eric involved in my work, in my food blog, is because you may know we want music to be our main job in the future. AKA we would like to be rock stars. (laughs) Sure. And a lot of people who want to succeed as musicians or as artists in any, you know, any kind of art, you hear like you're going to, you're going to work your nine to five or your, your side gig, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like just in your spare time, really hustle and make music work and then eventually hopefully you're able to switch to just doing music so basically rather than have eric like go find a part-time job outside of the house or something or like spend a lot of time trying to market and get his music his freelance music stuff off the ground which he still does and enjoys but we're like i can i can kind of just keep having the amount of music work that i have now and instead of spending so much energy trying to build it more and more because mm-hmm. i i love all my students i love the work i do for clients it's like none of it makes me feel bad you know mm-hmm. obviously sometimes i'll have a project or something that like overwhelms me but it's like well i could spend that energy trying to like make that happen more or we can find a way for me to jump into this thing that sarah's already built right and struggles with aspects of yeah i mean the way my job works is such that it like the earning potential is kind of proportional to the amount of time and effort you put into it right Mm -hmm. and i'm obviously capped out as one human being so we figured we already have this platform why not just have eric join two people pushing in the same direction will get us a lot further than just me and we can kind of establish a way of working on sarah's vegan kitchen that makes us that that works like our part our full-time job Mm -hmm. you know and then we can use all of our extra time to do music yeah right so it's never i don't know i think the problem was every time in the past that we tried to get Eric involved, we would get really wrapped up in our minds and we would try to... Shocker. Yeah, we would try... We were going past the point where this is just our means of like subsistence, right? This is just our... Like we were trying to take it so far. Mm. We were making all of these like elaborate plans on like how to as if this as if sarah's vegan kitchen was the end goal right like how can we build the most successful youtube channel and the biggest blog and get the most traffic and being really strategic in that way 
which was not fun for either of us. And then we ended up kind of falling off. It wasn't, we weren't intrinsically motivated to make any of the content they were making. And now that we're approaching it with just from a different perspective, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, a big part of it with any relationship, obviously, and we've talked about this so many times, but just having good communication, you know, like it's like last night, for example, we were trying to get a draft of a reel to a company yeah Yeah. so we're like we want to get to them by the end of the weekend so they can approve it and we can post it this week and sarah just needed to like wrap up the editing and i feel like just in the past i'd want to help but i'd also not want to stress you out too much trying to help but you know as we've as we were discussing how can eric help more again this time around you kind of you just explicitly told me you're like, I want you to push me and force me to do shit I don't want to do. Well, kind of. Not but like, like in a specific way. Just to hold me accountable. Sure. Yeah, that's better. I've always had, I've I've always been like a very much a procrastinator. And I struggle a lot with all forms of digital communication, like mm-hmm. texting, emails. It It's very hard for me to keep on top of those things because I get very overwhelmed. So when we reopened the conversation about working together i just said look eric is really good at eric is the person who has like the zero inbox you know yeah there's not a notification anywhere on my phone he will get a notification and then he'll open it and respond to it right there or delete it or something or yeah or archive it or whatever just needs to go away and i will I'm the person who has like maybe thousands, hundreds of unread emails because I just sometimes just the number makes me really stressed. So my entire life, I've felt this way. I'm like really not geared to respond to to things. Mm -hmm. And I always thought like, yeah, this is just a personal failing. Um, And in order to be the person I want to be, I need to kind of evolve past this and get good at answering like and it's similar with um, scheduling. I've always wanted to be very disciplined and working on a schedule. And at, at this point, like I've tried and failed to become that person so many times that I'm like, what if I just didn't try to change my nature? And if it's important, like in our, in our field, it is important to be getting back to people in a timely manner if you want to work with people. So I'm like, Eric, you're good at this. That's what you're doing for our our work now and so eric is really good at staying on top of communications and it's freed up so much emotional and mental clutter for me that i can just focus on what i'm really good at which is the creative process Yeah. yeah yeah so just by removing that one little like that snag like everything else is flowing so much more easily and it takes Eric a fraction of the amount of effort that it would take me to be on top of email all day. And then there are like the, like making videos, you know, like we're like, well, what can, what can Eric do? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you obviously cook, you pre- yeah. like, that's your thing. But also you spent all these years learning how to get better and better at filming. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well I can't learn either of those to the degree that, you know them right Mm -hmm. but we kind of just went in with this approach like let's make this recipe and let's just like see what happens yeah like just show me how you would do it and i'll jump in where i can Mm -hmm. and like a lot of it is like seemingly little stupid stuff Mm -hmm. like starting and stopping the camera which is a pain in the ass for you constantly because your hands are dirty (laughs) because they're covered in flour my camera really is quite crusty (laughs) you have to reach across your cooking surface to like walk around reach the camera or walk around Mm -hmm. and then there's like when you're focusing on stuff you have to like hold it in the shot and use your other hand and like focus it but also look at the camera and i'm just like standing there holding the thing for you while you make the shot and then we switch it's just like little like i feel like before it was like what are these huge tasks eric can do to lift Mm -hmm. a burden and right. now we're kind of realizing like it's the mundane it's like, like it's tiny easy. things just like being your assistant sometimes <laughs> and it's like it's great and we're doing it together which mm-hmm. just feels nice yeah i mean i guess that's one of the takeaways i want to give to the audience because i always I, I like to bring things back to like um like a um 
like a takeaway. I like takeaways for the specific stories we tell. Something the listener can say, oh, I can I can utilize that. Yeah. And so as far as the email thing goes, I think we are, I don't know, like, especially if you're in the self-development space or you're consuming a lot of that self-help stuff, it's like you don't actually have to be everything. Like you don't have to find every weakness that you have and become the opposite. Sometimes you can just figure out what you're naturally good at, things that aren't like things that are fun that you naturally excel at, double down on that. And if you find someone in your life who is offering you help with the things you're struggling at, like you don't have to carry this cross, you know, (laughs) you don't have to like punish yourself for being not naturally gifted at something i just thought for so long that because i didn't like answering emails that i was just like a bad person or something you know Mm -hmm. and just if you can find a way to give somebody else a task that is extremely difficult for you do it like don't have any qualms about that and then when i what eric was just saying is like in the past we were thinking so much about what we could achieve together and we weren't actually taking it into the process. So we were focused kind of more on like fairness, I guess. We were like, how can we divide the tasks, like the number of tasks up evenly so that it feels fair? But you can't, like a given task is going to have a different value depending on who's doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I've always naturally had like a really good eye. And that's why I think filming and taking pictures and making food pretty, like it's just effortless for me. It's like part of who I am. And I feel that in the past we were so obsessed with fairness and like splitting the tasks up on paper that we'd be like, well, how can we teach Eric to also operate a camera and have a good eye and i'm like i naturally have a terrible eye yeah but it's like some things just don't need to be taught right Mm -hmm. so i think this time around with music and with the work that we've been doing it's really been about just take like going through the process kind of experimentally and seeing where naturally either one of us excels at a specific step and it's just been so much easier and really fun Mm -hmm. and kind of just following our impulses as well like if you're not familiar with like my story about how my youtube channel became my job i just put out a completely random video where i made vegan smoked salmon out of carrots it was just fun i just want i was curious i wanted to try it i recorded the process in a taste test and it blew up and that was and then i from then on the month that i released that I started making ad revenue. Mm. I d- it wasn't because I decided, oh, I think this would do really well. Like there's no reason to believe it would have done really well. It was just super random. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that too with reels. Tell them about our reel that has been performing oh. really well. So, when, I mean, Sarah's just been super into Instagram reels slash TikTok, right? It's the same thing. You can use the same video for both platforms. So we'll just call them reels. If you're not familiar with that, it's just short format video content. Vertical video Under content. Under 60 seconds, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Sarah's just, she was just making, She did, well, she wanted to do more reels. She was like, I think this recipe would be good for a reel because like YouTube video, it's like, okay, how many recipes do I choose? They they all have to be like four or five minutes long. So it's mm-hmm. like over 10 minutes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like a reel. You just pick one recipe, show a little bit of each step of the process. Yeah, you can knock it out in a day. Yeah. And Sarah's just been doing them for fun, mm-hmm. like when she started her YouTube channel. So we were like, okay, we're going to involve Eric. Let's just let's just make something. We figured I would I would be the the chef the model (laughs) yeah i would be doing the thing i'd be the subject um and sarah would just do the filming and kind of walk me through the process of like how she would do her steps and then Mm -hmm. so we did that we did it with the jerky recipe that we developed like last year right and 
Yeah, we just kind of like did it on a whim. We're like, we were well, actually going to do a different recipe. Yeah, and every day I kept saying, oh, I don't really want to eat that today. Uh, I, but we should do it. But I don't want to eat that. And finally, she was like, Can you we know just what do I do want to eat? Yeah. yeah, just out of the blue, I was like, I think I was like rummaging through our cupboards and I saw a bag of soy curls. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I want some of that jerky we made during the pandemic. So we I just, guess we're still in the pandemic when we, early quarantine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are they like freshman year? Because people are making memes about it being like junior year of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So freshman year of COVID, we made the jerky for the first time. Mm -hmm. So Sarah was like, let's just make, like, can we make that? Total whim. I was like, okay. So we filmed it. We made it. It was delicious. Um, she edited the reel. I did the voiceover for the first time where I was like, rehydrate your soy curls in <laughs> boiling water for 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was very, it was very weird, but it was fun. And we just kind of like split up. We didn't, like you were saying, we didn't plan this is how it's going to be a 50-50 split. Because what we've learned is if you try to force it to be a 50-50 split and certain things are hard for either party, mm -hmm. it's not going to feel balanced anyway. Yeah. But if it's split 65-35, but, right, but everyone's job is easy and they enjoy doing it, it's going to feel 50-50, right? Because yes. everyone's going to be not laboring over it, mm -hmm. right? So we kind of just did... Sarah did her thing, I did my parts, and then we just like threw it up and it's been up there for like a week on Instagram and it has like 135,000 views, and which is fucking insane for <laughs> Sarah's account just hit 6,000 followers, her and new vegan account. Yeah, prior to that, my most viewed reel only had like, what, like 10,000 views or like mm. 15,000? Except for the one that went kind of viral. Yeah, and... As a result, I mean, you get this like trickle down, obviously, if you have one video that performs really well, then people are more likely to follow you and view your other content. So we've we've had this like trickle down of views from that video that has performed really well to um, yeah, all of our other content. If you say trickle down one more time, Ronald Reagan's spirit's going to come haunt us. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but I just think it's so interesting. And I, I love seeing examples of how just kind of following your gut can lead you to really cool places because what if we had stayed in our mind and been like no we said we were gonna do this pasta recipe we have all the ingredients let's just do it and then like we spent the day doing that instead and it was frustrating and we didn't enjoy even eating it mm -hmm. and then we never right like it's mm -hmm. just like sometimes when you're so i don't know you have to be discerning about when it, it really is important to you to stick to something sometimes it is and you can tell but sometimes it's like you can tell that the limitation is just imposed by your mind and if you're if your blinders are on and focused on one thing just because you know then you're gonna miss out on all of these opportunities for magic mm -hmm. yep yeah mm -hmm. so let's segue this work conversation into music mm -hmm. because basically everything we just talked about applies it applies because i mean i'll use this as a segue but it applies because it's f all of this positivity all this good stuff we just mentioned it's freed up so much emotional space and mm -hmm. physical time yeah for us to work on our music it has oh you know i wanted to say one more thing kind of bridging the topic of music from our conversation about like dividing responsibilities, mm. you know, and fairness. The other day, so Eric does most of our, well, all of our music production. I just write the songs <laughs> and then I provide the vocals. And then when we are like in the beginning stages of creating um, a track, would you call it a track? A the recorded version of a song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm there kind of like bouncing ideas off of him. And then usually at some point, I'll just go away, do my own thing, do work, whatever. Once and we're once we're certain we're on the same page about yeah. what we want the song to sound like. And then Eric will like kind of run away with the idea. I'll come back and check in periodically. And that is how it works because Eric is very much like a doer but i don't need to be there the whole time i just need to kind of check in and help guide the process anyway the other day we were working we had like really had a lot of momentum on this particular song which i think we i don't know if we had already started it by the time I was we just thinking that i was like i don't know if we had even started it when we dropped our last episode yeah 
But we got to the point where I, I think I had provided as much of my feedback and ideas as was going to be useful. And Eric was like obsessing over the drum track or, or something. <laughs> and I could tell he had a lot of energy in this task and was not going to be done anytime soon. So I was like, okay, I'll go peace out and I'll make dinner. And I was just thinking about how you, it's not just the, the boundary around the thing itself, as in when you're a couple, especially, but I think this is true for like even a friendship relationship where you're working together in some capacity. It's like, you can't just look at what, is happening as far as our music project goes because the exchange could be not that I have to make 50% of like, not that I have to contribute 50% of the effort to each song, but that while Eric is putting in effort, making the song, I'm doing something else that, that removes friction in some other piece of our life, Mm -hmm. like folding the laundry or making dinner. Right. Both of which, are very like easy for me you know like making dinner is not really effortful for me it's just a thing that I've always had energy to do and that usually I'm responsible for Mm -hmm. because it just happened that way naturally and I would yeah it was just an interesting kind of revelation to me the other day when you were working on your music and I've always felt kind of like insecure about being like the less mm, like I've ha- I have less experience making music. I've struggled to identify as musician, which is just like horribly ironic because yeah. you're such a good songwriter and such a good vocalist. <laughs> so it's like I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I just but... felt like so much of the time it was like you were the one putting in the hours to make something come to fruition. You know, even though songwriting obviously takes a long time and it's it's very difficult to quantify, actually, because I don't sit down and write a song over the course of four hours or whatever. I write a song in like little bursts over like months, years, Mm -hmm. question mark. Um, But yeah, that was something I was struggling with. I was like how we would sit down and have these little meetings about, okay, well, how can we divide up all of our music related stuff? And I'd be like, well, since you're doing all of the production I'll manage our social media. And then it was just really hard because we didn't have content because we were Mm -hmm. making music and we didn't want to waste time. Like, oh, let's do a photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like photo shoots can be fun sometimes, but you shouldn't do them just because you feel like you have to. Yeah. But, and then I was realizing like in any relationship, you have to think past the specific task into like the container of the relationship at large, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just make sure everything is in equilibrium there. Um, and it, I think it's a lot easier to negotiate things that way. Yeah. Because there's a lot that I do just for our day-to-day lives that frees up time and creative space for Eric to work on our music. And like last night when you were finishing that reel to send to the company as a draft, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to my book and clean the kitchen. Yeah. I was like, I'll just, I'll do something else productive. That and then he is, played video games. <laughs> well, I finished the kitchen before you finished the reels. Yeah. So I figured I was in the clear to go play video games. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying <laughs> is like, you don't always have to be putting in the same number of hours. It's more like, it's just something you kind of have to feel energetically. Like, does mm-hmm. this feel like a fair exchange? Yeah. And that I think is something that has to be, um, it's not something that just like happens once and stays that way forever. It's something you have to come back to and talk about. Yeah, and be open about over the course of a relationship and something we've i feel like this applies but we've basically okay we've basically and that's the thing i was gonna say made the decision but like i mean i guess this one was kind of a decision but we were like for now we're just gonna work on our songs mm. because like you were saying about photo shoots it's like there's so much you have to do to market yourself and ways to get more that, people there's listening. so much you can do to yeah. market yourself yeah. that people tell you you have to do right photo shoots posting on instagram every single day doing cover songs and like all those things are great but right now we're like we don't want to like market ourselves until we have more music out mm. because we don't want to just i don't know what are we going to do like pay to run an ad on instagram to send people to listen to our covers 
then mm. then hope they like like us enough to wait around for our music right. we're like we're so inspired to make to work on our original songs mm -hmm. and we're so uninspired to like do all the other shit right now yeah and like rehearse cover songs so we're like maybe we should just do what's inspiring us yeah and then just like put a pause on the other stuff I think, and we've been so much more productive since then. Yeah. I think you, this is the theme of the podcast at large, <laughs> Geraldo at large. Um, Please. Just if something, if the idea of doing certain things is so overwhelming and unfun to you that it prevents you from even getting to the part that is fun, get rid of the right like get rid of the things that are blocking you yeah and just just keep peeling back layers until you get to what is fundamental and what's true and what is not necessarily effortless but but uh, intrinsically motivating you know mm -hmm. we have just been working on that for probably two years since yeah. the very beginning of our musical journey together mm -hmm. we've just been peeling back layers trying things failing at things making things removing them from youtube putting them on like it just so many things we've tried so many things and we finally have come to this place that is very true i think i mean how much more often are we actually playing together now that mm -hmm. we're rehearsing and working on our songs mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh yeah let's run through a partial a, a part of our long list of covers yeah that we're rehearsing why yeah like just just to play mm -hmm. like there never seemed to be a goal it's like yeah at some point we'll start playing live shows but we don't really want to unless we can send the people who hear us and say wow i like you guys are so good where can i hear your music you know we want to have yeah original music to send people to right now we only have one song and it's like we just we want to rehearse now yeah we want to record music because we're recording our songs not a cover just to have more quote-unquote content yeah content. something something i think that has come up a lot for us lately is we've been trying to get back to and we talked about this in the last episode trying to get back to that place that creative place that we felt that connection with music we felt when we were younger like when we were maybe in high school or even younger, mm -hmm. first started writing music and recording music with no expectation and no pressure and no n knowledge of this is what you need to do to make it in the music biz. Like, how can we get back to that? And I feel like, I, I feel like it's like a global thing. <laughs> it's like we're, we're in this renaissance like yeah. so many things that were big or trendy or whatever when or that were just in our awareness when we were younger are coming back like genres vibes fashion mm -hmm. 90s fashions back it all in. goes together um even just like randomly like sex in the city is there's a reboot now <laughs> i guess also cowboy bebop got remade like, so what? weird i feel like yeah that's just the space we're at right now i Maybe it has to do with like millennials, people our age, just like being so shaken by what's happening in the world over the past two years, whatever. Everyone's just reverting back to the things that made them like feel good as a kid. Yeah. And they're... Um, to cope, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like that's why, I don't know, there are more and more hit songs coming out that are like oh this is like 90s rock this is like 2000s yeah. rock and then fucking avril and travis I was barker gonna mention that yeah. are like bite me yeah and it's like she has a new song that sounds like it was 20 years ago yeah and i feel like it's just like what's in the air right like right now <laughs> poison and we're also on a personal level revisiting that age when we were first connecting with music and kind of remembering what it feels like to love music for music's sake yeah and, and yeah emotionally you know yeah and let's talk about like the actual music for a second so a few minutes ago we were saying 
did we even had we even started working on that song yet when we released the last podcast episode so it's a song that the recording we're working on right now is the third version of the recording so we the first time we tried it was like summer of 2020 it's like right before we moved basically yeah i think we have talked about it because we went with that like dua lipa inspired like new disco vibe just because that was the type like we were going to the gym i was listening basically just to like billboard hits you know Dua lipa's album was just starting to like top the charts yeah so we went into it with like that uh, intention for mm-hmm. it we were like Ugh, not good when it came time to do the vocals we listened to it the other day and we were like cringing we can't wait to release like like not release it as a you know on Just spotify like or anything people. but to have like extra material <laughs> be like this is the original version of this yeah. song oh my god and then in san diego we reopened i like duplicated the session mm-hmm. and we we're like okay which pieces like which little instrument things did we like and then, like, we recorded some new stuff on top of it, and we were like, no. And then we just dropped it. Yeah. And now, fast forward, like, eight more months, nine more months. Actually, more than that. Yeah. Like, an entire year. We were like, just fucking start a new session. Just, yeah, like, we some, started start from over. Scratch. And then we just said, like, what what vibe, like, what do, what are we feeling? Not, like, what should it sound like? Right. Just, like, what are, what are we feeling? So I just played a bunch of different drum beats that could have gone with Sarah's song. Yeah. And Sarah was like, that's the one that makes me feel like the lyrics make me feel. Mm-hmm. And we just rolled with it. Yeah. So we've just been trying to figure out our sound for a while. Just trying different things on. The answer is to do whatever the fuck we feel like <laughs> doing, really. But we have realized you know speaking about things coming back in fashion like we're really reconnecting with our foundations i think because she has a hair in her mouth and she's trying to retrieve it uh, all of the um all of the songs i write come from a very like acoustic singer songwriter you know kind of sad girl uh space in my heart because that's what i listened to growing up lots of sarah mclaughlin alanis annie defranco We've been re-listening to the first Evanescence album, which was one of two that I of my first albums that were ever that I ever owned. Right. The funniest part is that it's like such a meme now. Evanescence. Like, wake me up. Just yeah, I guess. But it's act. It's so good. Yeah. Like I never listened to it seriously as I just didn't get into it as a kid, and mm-hmm. then like now all these memes are. It's like a meme, and right. I'm like, wait, but it, this album is actually so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um also the first Paramore album, but just like, I was just so hugely inspired by women in music with like emotional lyrics, right? And um, that's not the music that Eric listened to growing up. Eric coming from like a very rock, pop punk space. There's not enough, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's not enough blank representation of women in like the hard rock scene. I mean, they exist, Mm -hmm. but they've never gotten as famous as the men. Right. It's a weird thing. So we're, what we're finding is our, the generation of songs we're currently working on are like this perfect, like blend of my influences, Eric's influences, and just kind of like that early 2000s nostalgia, Mm -hmm. you know, that, I like it. I like it a lot. It feels very authentic. It yeah. doesn't feel like, I don't know. It's like, I really love to hear different versions of things. I I don't know why. I've always loved hearing, like if I love a song, I want to hear every cover of it mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I want to hear the artist play it acoustic too. And I'm like stripped in all of these different ways and see what different emotions come through. And... It's just, it feels kind of like that when I have my song that I write on an acoustic guitar or a piano and I give it to Eric and I see what happens. And it's funny because as evidenced by this whole conversation about trying to take this one song and figure out how it should go. I mean, I'm sure there are some people listening who are like, how could there possibly be that many ways to like do a song? Mm. Like the song's already written. And it's like when you have a song that just has kind of like a straightforward not even a straightforward beat because you're just playing it on guitar with like your rhythm 
you could just like change the rhythm and change the entire feel Mm -hmm. and it's so bare bones when it's just like acoustic guitar chords and a vocal melody and lyrics where you're like oh my god this is so cool i can take it in literally any direction and then you're like oh my god i can take it in literally any direction what the fuck do i do (laughs) and like this choice paralysis kind of it's overwhelming and so I, th- it's, yeah. I th- yeah, I think that when we kind of committed recently to, you know, Eric, you really excel at like rock. And that was weird. You never, Eric, you never d- like address me as Eric. Sometimes I do. It's weird. Richard. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because Eric does freelance music. He does theme songs and he's very adaptable. So if somebody says, I want a children's theme song. He can do like, you know, xylophones or whatever. I like this. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes people will ask for like a pop punk theme song. And those are the ones that I notice he's always like, ah, I got, listen to this thing I made today. Or like he's really proud of it. And like he'll get really good feedback about it. And like sometimes a large tip. <laughs> um, so I was like, th- like, it's just clear, like this is your foundation. This is what you excel at. This is what your ear is naturally kind of like attuned to so like why would we try to learn a new genre just because like why like there's no reason Mm -hmm. and same goes for me like i'm not going to try to write with a different lyrical voice than the one that i naturally have like i'm not going to go try to write like i don't know happy love songs maybe one day in the future but Mm -hmm. it's not going to come from a place of like i ought to do that because someone else is good at it Mm -hmm. um so I think that that just, you know, getting back to, again, peeling back the layers, just yeah. becoming who we are is good. And <laughs> so obviously I've been thinking about this a lot, which is why we're doing the podcast episode. But like some layers that have been peeled back for me, I feel like when I moved out to Colorado and I started playing in Exit Liberty and... Like you and I just weren't making music together yet. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of on the radar, but not really. I feel like, I don't know, as a kid, I used to just envision myself being a rock star. Like I've always said, like, I want to be a rock star. But I don't remember the last time I like closed my eyes or just daydreamed while doing something about like playing one of my songs on stage to a large crowd. And like, I don't know like just doing cool like rock star moves on stage you know where you like pump your you try to get everyone to clap in time or something like i always dreamed of that shit and i feel like when i was playing with my band out here a few years ago i just never had those thoughts anymore i just always i don't even know what i was focused on but it wasn't that basically like that dream like i thought it was there but it maybe really wasn't or it was just really hidden And then as we've been working on, well, a lot of it's come from the fact that we have this huge list of songs that we're trying to pick from to like put together some sort of album. Album. And we just like have been playing through parts of it. And there have just been a few where like, there have been a few times where I'm like doing the dishes and I just like hear the song playing in my head and I just like picture like Sarah starting the song with her vocals and everyone being like, yes, they're playing this song. (laughs) And then I'm like, you know, like devil horns in the air, like strumming and like doing things to the crowd to hype them up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't daydreamed about being a rock star in so long. Mm. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to be a fucking rock star. I I can't even explain it. But it's one of those things where peeling back the layers. Getting back to that like child state of like wonder and just play. and Yeah, it's like. I just feel like my childhood dream died at some point and now it's being revived. I feel like sometimes the childhood dream, it like goes, it's, it's still there, but it becomes very intellectualized. Mm. Like you start to think about, I don't know, you lose like the felt like in your body connection to it. And it just becomes something that's entirely in your brain. What happens is you start saying, I'll achieve this rock star status if I take this song that we've been working on and try to make it sound like Dua Lipa, who's super popular right now. That Mm -hmm. will help me become a rock star quicker and more powerfully. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Instead of, like you said, feeling the dream 
and saying, I'm going to make... What are you singing? What are you singing about? Who To whom are you singing? Yeah. What are you wearing? Like oh, Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, you intellectualize it and you fuck it up. You fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all fine though because yeah. then you have um, some new song material to write about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we were talking about like why... This morning we were talking about why we want to make music. Like what is the what is the purpose? And I've talked about this with my students before. Like we get to a certain point where I'm like, what's your goal? And for a lot of people, their goal is to like make music as a hobby. And like I'm like that's totally cool. But some of my younger students, I'm like, are you is like is the rock star dream there? Is it just gonna be a hobby? Right? Because like the older students, the dads, mm-hmm. they're just like, Yeah, you know it's a hobby. And I'm like, Yeah, I just want to make sure. Because they're like, well, I'm not going to be a rock star. I'm 45 and have three kids. Mm. It's like, cool. They're, they've accepted that. My students who are like younger than us, I'm not so sure, mm-hmm. right? Because so, some people might still have that drive. And it's good to like check in as us also. Mm. So this morning we were just talking about like what songs move us. Like why, why do we do music basically? Mm. So if you want to talk about that at all. Right. I mean, my musical journey is just not, uh, it's, what's the word? You can't disentangle it from my mental health journey, right? It's almost, I I always say that I think that I went through all of my depression and maybe there's more ahead of me, who knows? (laughs) But I feel like I needed that perspective to write from because I think older versions of me are the people that I'm writing for. Like, I want to show people that you can go through this thing and come out on the other end and be better off for it. I think most music is some form of that. It's Everyone has a different, really unique way of transmitting it. But I think... I, I keep using the word when I'm talking to Eric, like catharsis. It's like about going so deep into a feeling. Even if the feeling isn't doesn't really feel resolved in your life, like whether it's depression or mourning the loss of a relationship or a person, like the song, I mean, songs are short, but they're condensed. Like you go so deep into a feeling, into such a deep intensity of a feeling that a little bit of it leaves your body every time you listen right like sometimes you listen to a song and you start crying or you know for other artists who are like maybe you're like a dance house music artist and it just hypes you up and it's just a way of i guess letting emotions go through you so you don't store them in your body Mm -hmm. and it doesn't turn into like illness i guess yeah that's what i feel like music is for me I think, you know, I I think what I'm trying to say here is I think it's just good to connect with or reconnect with the why Mm. of doing anything. Like, why are you doing anything in your life, right? Because like Mm -hmm. I was saying a few years ago in the band, I kind of just, I lost it. I like forgot about the why. Yeah. And I just was doing it. And now I'm like... You know, those daydreams of being a rock star and playing in front of 50,000 people, everyone's like screaming the words. That's not just like, the why isn't just, well, wouldn't I wouldn't I be so cool and awesome mm-hmm. up there? <laughs> but the deeper meaning is, well, yeah, I mean, I would be so cool and awesome. But <laughs> the deeper meaning is that means that all those people that are singing the words have been touched, mm-hmm. right? And they've been moved by the music, which mm-hmm. is ever since I was little is all I've wanted to accomplish i've wanted to be i've mentioned this but i remember listening to my chemical romance and like reading my chemical romance forums and whatever and people always have signs at their shows that like mcr saved my life you know because they would talk about depression and everything and there are some people who thought about ending their lives and found hope in their music and didn't Mm. right for a very extreme example and that always just like resonated with me i'm like i want to just write stuff where people are like wow you changed me, you helped me, you healed me, right? And like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm singing along. And like you said, there are so many levels of that, right? Like I remember, and I mentioned this to you this morning, like when I was going through my cancer treatment, which I just hit my 10 year anniversary, which is really cool. 
Um, I just remember being in the hospital for so long doing chemo and having like my studio headphones on and listening to like Blink 182's Blink 182's Blink new 180's album. <laughs> listening to their new album that had just come out and like Foo Fighters had just released an album. And like I would get CAT scans and be super anxious during the CAT scan. It was only like a half an hour, but I would just be freaking out. And at some point they told me I could hold my phone behind my head and listen to music. Mm-hmm. And just like listening to music I loved, just like got rid of all of those bad, scary, anxious feelings. And I just got lost in the music. Mm. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want people to hear our music and say, for whatever reason, no matter how shallow or deep, I feel better. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It yeah, it's it's also I don't know. There's a lot to say. Mm. Sometimes I don't even think feeling better is the solution or feeling better in a specific way. Not like I was sad, I listened to the song and I'm not sad anymore, I'm but like healed. I was sad, I listened to the song and I realized it's okay to be sad. Exactly. Or you can be sad and survive. Um and you know it's interesting. I'm not religious by any means, but I feel like the older I get, and the more I am peeling back all these different layers of conditioning and getting back to like this place that feels like me, like truly me, I I almost feel like you, we don't have as much choice about what it is we're here to, do you know what I mean? Like it's predetermined. The gifts are in us. <laughs> Alcohol is in it. No. <laughs> um random i feel like maybe we've talked about that yeah inside joke but yeah the gift is you're born with the gift like you're born with the perspective and the eyes or whatever like sense it is you're going to use to spread your message and first you have to figure out what it is and get back to it and then you have to share it and you don't always i don't know if you ever get to choose maybe you get to choose how you share it but I didn't get to choose whether or not I was going to be depressed. You know, I was never making a choice. If I could have chosen, I would have chosen not to be. And then who knows where I'd be? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what I would know or have to say? And who knows if you're, if what you have to say to help other people would ever come out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, the obvious answer is it probably wouldn't. Right? I would guess not because I think there. I've spent so much of my life just preferring to have security and normalcy. Mm. Um, Yeah, so it's interesting. I like it. I like this thought that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. You get to, it's it's your choice how much you would like to tease apart the meaning of it and spread it to other people. But And I I just think, like to culminate this a little bit, I think something we're getting back to, both of us, is realizing that we've always felt that, I don't know if gift is the right word, but used a few different terms, but like, you know, everyone's born with that gift to do something, mm-hmm. and we've both always felt that, and now we're reconnecting. I think every, I really do think everyone has one. Mm-hmm. And ours is, well, making stuff, making music, writing mm-hmm. words, right? Yeah. We're like, we can't ever give up on that because we've been wanting to do it <laughs> since we were b- baby children. Yeah. yeah. Baby children. Baby children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap it up because I, I, I think we've both let out so many emotions <laughs> and I think that's a good place to, is there anything on the list that we haven't touched on? I think we covered most of what we said I think we so were too. going to cool Mm -hmm. it's funny how these conversations tend to like really like hit a peak and then like because we're just like it all just comes out so fervently and then we're like man that's it we did it you know like we got it all out yes yeah i mean back to the topic of do you do you choose like I, i do feel like even the message that needs to get out to someone like it tells itself like it finds a way out and then you can kind of tell like oh this is the end of the conversation Mm -hmm. or this is what i'm here to transmit today yeah yeah all right well we will call it an episode then thank you guys so much for listening 
Um, not promising anything, but see you next year, most likely, with our next episode, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty weird. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time, and we will send it over to our supporter shout out. Hi, guys. We're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga, Reem, Mel, Morgan, Jennifer, Scotty, Glenn, Kevin, Jessica, Marie, Jill, Tiffany, Nina, Izzy, Alexis, Nicole, Teresa, Merv, Anna, Megan, Samantha, and Sarah.